I hear your critique of I hear your critique of 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 Obi, or or maybe not Obi as a person, because I I I like to distinguish between Obi himself and and the movement or the obedience, you know, who some would say have built a cult following around, you know, Obi to use the Zig Zikist, you know, um, analogy again. But isn't that a charge that would carry some weight if you were mm-hmm. laid at the, at the feet of Shoaire, for instance, and say that people have built a cult-like following around Shoaire, and that, in fact, that's perhaps is what is most of the turn-off for people who would want to keep a distance from, from the AAC. Hi, listeners. So um, in this episode, which is our interview with Comrade Wiseman, we had a few technical problems and you may hear some buzz and vibration here and there, but we hope you still enjoyed the episode. Listen in. We are joined by Only Wiseman Ajayi, who is a Nigerian trade union leader and the former chair of the Lagos branch of the African Action Congress. Tony Wiseman, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Said. Yeah, it's a delight. Um, we've crossed paths on many occasions and uh, have had, had the opportunity to share one beer, at least, uh, <laughs> in various forums. So it's, uh, it's nice to talk to you here. I thought we'd start maybe with some more kind of contextual questions. So to begin, can you tell us a bit about your own background and how you came to socialism and then maybe a little bit about AAC, when and why you joined AAC? I grew up as a sign of, from a family that is very political as well as religious. So my family had been in the old action group, our grandfather, mm. our Patrick. Oh. A three-time council on the action group and you came. So it was quite close to Awaisim and Awolo, including my grandmother. So I lived with them, I grew up with them, so had been in terms of the progressive ideas. So when I also was with my parents too, in October in London the state, my father too was an activist of the AD area, the Alliance of Democracy. Mm. From SDP to AD, they were part of the June 12 struggles. And I actually saw the first protest when my father led one against uh, electricity uh, outage. So since then, I've, I've always felt that human rights had been using because my dad exposed me more to Felani Kulabokuti, mm. to Bob Marley, to Lucky Dubey and the likes. And, I, I actually fell in love with Fela at very early age. You know, the AD Alliance of Democracy struggle was more of Pan-Africanist and uh, more of uh, also uh, Libra social welfareism. And so it's, it's kind of saying capitalism can be reformed. So mm. I, I, in my father's, my grandfather's library, I've been reading radical Peace. But when my grandfather died and his library was transferred to my father's house, I read the Communist Manifesto. So from then, uh, I've been having some knowledges of Marxism. And then when I got to the university, it became a boom because Obafemi University had 
a lot of ideological groups. All of them started engaging us. At the point when I read more of Communist Manifesto, read uh, Socialism, Utopian or Scientific, read a lot of uh, keys and, you know, as a part one student, and, you know, from my pre-degree days, I used to go into the main university to, to join students in protests. And so I, I, I've read a lot. And, you know, the June 12 period was all the time we were doing the TV. My father was anti-military. And so... Okay. So it, it's, it's been a great radical background, and but you know, growing up too, they become much more liberal than than, than they used to be yeah. when I was quite radical. So that one now really the happened to all of us for Nigeria. You know, <laughs> our parents we don't fight for for because now we have to fight to fight to my son. Uh, no stay for front, no stay for back, just go stay for middle. <laughs> you know, that kind of, yes, it's because you know. The, the, the implementation of the structural adjustment program for a very long time, since 1995, has forced back the social norm, has forced back the radical perspectives of people. Mm. And you know, that is why uh, uh, the implementation of the harshest economic policies by the capitalist ruling class has two uh, sides of the coin. You know, it could lead to revolt, at times, it could also lead to People getting so retrogressive and submissive. Yeah. So that is what uh, Anthony Gramsci. What can make sense of what Gramsci, the Gramsci theory, has been saying. So if, if when I was in the university, we were very rich in ideological training because I joined the Congress of Progressive Views after we started the Touch Advocate when we felt that the ideological groups were not supposed to be having infighting and that. Uh, you know, then we had the Democratic Socialist Movement, mm-hmm. we had the Congress of Progressive Youths, which was a front organization for the May 31st movement mm-hmm. that later became the Socialist Workers Movement. And we also had the Paysetters Movement, which was also a front group. Uh, for, for I know you're still coming to the AAC question, but can you give us a bit of a time period for when these groups you're describing, like what kind of what kind of time period are you w- w- were these groups forming? Yes, these groups have been uh, like on Nobel University for, for long, since the late 70s uh, okay. or so. Okay. Uh, in, in, and then but for, from like May 31st movement was from 1989, probably. Okay. So Congress of Progressive Youth was formed in 1997. Okay. You get it. Uh, I can't say the year DSM was formed, but I know that they moved okay. from SCAP, you know, to becoming uh, a DSM. Right. Different labor militants, you have labor militants from militant to labor militant. But then you encountered these groups during your time in university. Yes, when I go to the university, I met I met all of these groups. Right. I met the Democratic Socialist Movement, I met Congress of Progressive Youths, I met uh the Paysetters movement, they, they were the top three, you know. It was actually DSM Pays a copy. And then you have uh, 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 some other uh, uh, groups too that were more quite liberal. You know that, and then you also you also have some that were Pan Africanists. Like for the Pan Africanist, which one the one that was formed by the late Akin Willade Africa that was killed mm-hmm. in OAU in 1999. That's the African uh, 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 African Forward Movement, AFOM. Get it? Uh, we yeah. had AFOM. We also had uh, one other very liberal organization, and then later on. Oyinye uh, Gandhi, the current uh, spokesperson of, of the presidential campaign of Omoyele Shore, 
also formed the Progressive Student Agenda, that's PSA. You know, which later produced almost within a year, produced the president of the student union, mm. the president of uh, Davis and Large one. So I, I got to become a, a socialist. So mm. I'm getting outside, we were, we were able to move and, you know, try to join a political party. In the university, I was in the, I was secretary of the Labour Party when we were in the university, and the radical group joined the Labour Party. Mm. And so, and that was from uh, 2006 to 2007, 2008, 2009, when the Labour Party campus. You know, then it was part of the national campaign for mass-based Labour Party, mm. led by the uh, the communists that were uh, having entryism in the Labour Party in Lagos, and also from Babai's entryism through the SWM, get it and, the, and his works in the Labour at the national level. So, we, 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 we partook so much that uh, Ashola Kimberley was chair or secretary in, 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 in uh, on where you can call. So we were able to go back to votes to especially when we were contested in Ondo states. As National Association of Ondo State students, we intervened. We adopted the Labour Party and, and he won that election. And so, we, but, you know, he was able to do one or two on education, healthcare, performed very excellently to a point. When you look at the standard of the neoliberal standard, but he now left to join the PDP when he saw that the labor movement, the labor bureaucracy was going to go to uh, endorse the APC. So he, that that derailed the government in understanding to the extent that worker salary were being owed. So lessons from that made some of us to move into the NCP or get into Lagos were active too. But for us, the, 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 since Ghani had left, a lot of people were taking over the NCP. And a lot of retrogressive ideology. And we didn't have that capacity to be able to intervene completely at the national level except at Lake in Lagos. And luckily, with the wave of 2016 from the uh, the Occupy Nigeria Part Two struggles, which was uh, codenamed the uh, uh, the two faced protest, enough is enough two faced protest. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, which we intervened very completely. There was a battle, a discussion in the United Action for Democracy. Then, when I became general secretary, when people were saying we shouldn't join, we had to move out. I led the secretary out to say, okay, for the sake of this struggle, we're going to be doing movement against austerity and hardship, ma, you know, and we had people from a lot of other places, Ayadil Milui was coming from the distance in, 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 in the rebels in, 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 in DSM. We got, got people from uh, the uh, Community for Women Initiative led by Fumi Ajayi, people from the CDHR, so we, and the NCP Lagos, we were able to massively mobilize and join that action happily. That was where I met Oyele Shure again. Mm. Since I met him in 2006 at the June 12th protest. So we met again. He was even the one who said, okay, if you guys are going to be coming, we are going to be publicizing. He sent Sarah reporters to cover our press conference. We were just about seven. It was massively uh, uh, plastered everywhere. And so it mobilized for that protest. So we participated in that protest together. And that was where Shure said uh, uh, publicly that the only way Nigeria can change is the revolution. And, you know, I, I did a report on that. And, and since then, we, the trajectory of our work 
from the end SARS movement. Then we also have the Alliance of Nigerian Students Against Neoliberal Attacks, led by Banji Angels and Juan. Whereas the influence one of the fact that he has the history of being a, a very popular student leader in doing the John George struggle, the most popular uh, student in the president at that time, and who also metamorphosed to becoming the first president of the Congress of Progressive Youth nationally, where they were leading in response to the one million march of Daniel Kanu, the led the five million march in Lagos, in, in conjunction with uh, 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 this campaign for democracy led by Chima Obani. So they were the ones on the field as at that time. And that history, plus the fact that, you know, what Karl Marx had explained, that the prevailing idea of every society is the ideas of the ruling class. The majority of what Marx was talking about, aside the education structures, aside the historical perspectives, is also the issue of, uh, uh, of, of, of the press, the media. The ruling class controlled the media. And so we should raise Sarah Reporters being one of the first major uh, online media, and probably the largest and the widest uh, read uh, media all across Africa. Get it? With Sarah Reporters, his words became much more boom. Whatever he says becomes good on Sarah Reporters. Over two, three million people are reached. You get it? Max became popular with a range of when he, when. He, he was uh, in Germany, you know. So you, with the press to contend against the prevailing idea was needed, and so Shore was in a pole position as somebody who kept on fighting. You get it, and didn't even move to the ruling class side. Yeah, yeah. somebody who also had the media strength, and also somebody who was also ultimately very close to the students and the youth movement. And so we, we, we moved to join, uh, uh, you know, because he was also very open to saying that comrades, I remember when we, we, we had about two, three meetings with the civil society and the left in Nigeria, you know, one of those meetings was led by Femfala and moderated. We agreed to go in because he, he had already created not only a global movement of the Take It Back movement, which he had already led in terms of initiative, where we had all of the fighting forces also, he was also able to uh, engineer one of the very fastest uh, uh, ways of registering a left, a left political party, getting a left political party registered. And so that was just two big platforms mm. which we had been looking for, the movement and a party. And so it was, I remember him saying okay. that the left should come taking it over and transform such movement and such party. And so it was the reason why we as the Socialist Workers League officially joined the African Anshar Congress. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've been active before we officially joined. But you know, I couldn't join openly because my movement had my my league had not joined, my organization, my immediate organization had not joined. So when we joined I had a chance to also uh be able to uh be part of the caravan campaign all over the country marketplaces in, in I personally was in about 31 states so to, in, as part of the collective so that's been the work later and then immediately after the election we have to move into moving the party to the left because yeah. you know we actually, we'll, come, we'll come to after the election um, okay. so this gives us already a great, a great background to, to build upon going on the back of what you were saying in terms of Shuri's invitation to the left to join the AAC you know at the point at which the point at which you then openly joined. 
how would you characterize the ideology of the AAC today? And then to add to that, are there other international or even African movements that the AAC draws inspiration from? Basically, it would be good if you could just help us locate the AAC ideologically as it currently stands. I think, I think, I think Chubre answered that at the last AIT interview where he said uh, he's socialist and welfareist. So mm. in AAC, you have a combo of socialists and welfareists. Mm. And, and yes, you know, it's just like the, the African socialists. Okay. You know, who combine both welfareism and socialism. But you know, the prevailing idea is socialism, actually. Mm. And But welfareism is what actually you can even explain more to the public as it is now mm. than even saying you go into the core of socialism. But in terms of our economic perspective, it's much yeah. more socialist inclined. What would you say the AAC's organizational base is? So, so to what extent, you know, you've, you've talked about this history of a connection between the AAC and Shori and the student movement. So how much of a base does the AAC maintain in the student movement, for example, or also the working class and informal sectors in terms of organized labor and such? Um, are there already associations and unions that are aligned with the party? Yes, the TIB campus wing alone is in about 31 campuses. It's been the one leading the fund education uh, coalition. And have been on the forefront of mobilizing students for the ASU strike. So mm. he is, yes, he's one of those uh, works that as a party we do. And you know, the capacity is also in mobilizing all oppressed, uniting all oppressed together, no matter what it is. So I think very seriously that AAC is a. Uh, a political party that is not just doing uh, in terms of um, bringing people together to say this is what is to be done, but also a political party that is 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 uh, is moving towards the revolution and agreeing that whatever it takes to bring same to uh, to being should be. Uh, should be uh, explored. And so if you look at it generally, the, the AAC have done a lot in terms of uh, uh, mobilizing to the left. And if you look at it, mm. the AAC had been the only political party that have openly collaborated and worked with IPOP. Even Abga have not been doing that openly. The AAC is the only political party that have openly collaborated and worked in defense of the shites. The African Action Congress has openly worked in defense of a strike. During the last NLC TUC protest nationally, AAC participated nationally. So in Lagos and Abuja, we were, we, we, we were I think I led a lot of songs, a lot of distance in Lagos here. Yeah? Shure and a lot of other comments to my, myself and comments, some comments here in Lagos. And, and a lot of other communities to lead joint and led in, 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 in Abuja. So we, it, we have a very strong root in the Nigerian working class. We are the only political party that is saying 100,000 on a minimum wage and has consistently cared about the ideas of the working class. So, yeah. but do, the, you, do you feel like the, the working class as such, or even workers in the informal sector, do you feel like they've responded to 
those overtures? Like, are there unions or um, particular associations that have come out back in the AAC? Federation of Informal Workers Organizations of Nigeria mm. is back in the AAC. So we have a situation too mm. where a lot of working class people, you get it, who are uh, the, in the informal sector and uh, with the African Action Congress. Mm. So as it is today, uh, where the AAC is not having what it's supposed to be having, and which is part of the illusions and distraction created by the ruling class, it's like in the NSAS movement, as being the political party, the only political party that have of, that officially participate, participated. Mm. So, and are led both in Lagos and or shown different parts of the country. So, uh, and it's understandable. It's understandable to the extent that the Nigerian ruling class will do everything to divert Nigerians. For instance, now they are moving Nigerians from Sorosoku, which means speak louder to obedience. You know, means mm. be, obey, obey, just obey. You know, obey every and anything. If it is from Obasanjo to Sinungu to Babangida to Abisalami Abubakar, just obey. So it is a way to also distract Nigerian uh, 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 youths and the, the rising tendencies and the rising types. Mm. Okay. I mean, we'll come back to this uh, to some extent, the LP question which you've touched upon in that response but um i just wondered if there's anything else you want to add in terms of affiliations because you know and and the organizational strength of aac because you know a political party is only as strong as it's yes well, alliances well. right um so i mean you've, you've talked about fiwana and such but in terms of the working class unions in the in the formal sector do you feel like aac has much support there as you know, both uh, there, there is the Labour Party, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and the both the TUC and the NSC have said openly the Labour Party is their party, but they have not done those bit of this. So mm-hmm. it's an open-ended thing, you know. But we mm-hmm. can talk more of one endorsing practically the African Action Congress. We can also talk more of the fact that in the 36 states of the country we have structures. We have strong structures as much as having one of the strongest gubernatorial candidates in Sokoto. We have comrades contesting in Adamawa. We have one of the leading gubernatorial candidates in Taraba. Mm. We have in, in Benue, Dr. Obe is one of the leading candidates there. We have in the East, Abia, Enugu. We have in Rivers. We have one of the leading can, the candidates in Akwaibom. You know, in the southwest, yeah, we are in Lagos. Yeah, we are probably one of the leading candidates too, because the Labour Party does not have a candidate, as far as we are concerned. So, the, what, what we are saying is that the party is rooted in the unity of all the oppressed, and also too, mm-hmm. we are also very close to uh, 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 the Shites. We are close to uh, 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 all IPOB. We are close to Yoruba Nation. We are close to everybody fighting because we believe that people have a right to self-determination. Mm. You know? So what we are calling on all of them is that it's not just to divide Nigeria, it's to unite everybody. And in mm. doing the North is bleeding period, we were the ones who mobilized all over the North to charge youth to join the North is bleeding protest. Many of those companies were recruited into our political party, and many of them have been very active. So all across, in Casino State, in a lot of states, we have presence. 
in Kano State today, we are going to be having a Kano uh, a rally very soon. And it's, it's going to open everybody's everybody eye will just clear. Mm. Will clear. <laughs> we know we just talk one million by three, we do hundred. No. <laughs> okay. I know it. Well, yeah. yes. Because we have tested this, we have tested the microphone severally from 2019 to today with the revolution now protest. <laughs> We've gotten the country on a standstill any time we call action nationally. When we called in August 5, 2019, we were able to have 56,000 cities in Nigeria to do political action. So mm -hmm. we, 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 in 2020, we repeated it in 2021 from October 1 to August 5. So it, we were the ones who showed political capacity in October 1, 2020, when the Nigerian Labor Congress and the Trade Union Congress had betrayed Nigerians by 28th and 29th. They had betrayed Nigerians already. We, in the African Action Congress, the Take It Back Movement and the Coalition for Revolution, showed national capacity in October 1. And with that national capacity, we were able to give the youths to say, oh, we can even do it. Mm. Where revolution now can do it, we can do it. So these are structures mm -hmm. that are not going to just be sleeping. That's why we are not shouting. We just will look at it. Okay. You know, many of these children the answers, we are not surprised. Many of all the noises you see on Twitter, many of those people shouting it during the answers. They were in their house shouting all those noises. We were the ones who were on the feet. So, so mm -hmm. we know how it is being now. You know, the jungle don't mature, and we showed it during Occupy Lekki Gate. How many of them were able to come out? Our comrades were the ones arrested everywhere. We were the ones who went to court to release all those comrades. Were they arrested? None of these people could come out except Mr. Macaroni. Mm. Rino and Co were only shouting behind their keyboard. So all those things you find. Yes, we were the ones who led Occupy Lekki Gate. I was, I, I, I had the debate with defend Lagos in front. My in front of a lucky to get there with all the uh, snipers, everything and guns. No, we didn't fear. So we like we like action film. Yeah, that's what you know. Yes, so when the defenders, people will see it now. Ah, that's that's in fact the kind of work that you people have been doing, man. It's really, really you know like commendable because we see all these things. We see the legal suits that you know. The uh, comrades get into, and then the lawyers mobilize to do what they're supposed to do. But um, you mentioned a lot of candidates. This is out of my own personal curiosity. Before I move into my own questions, what's up with um, Caroline Danjuma? What what is that? Oh yeah. you mean the real Nigerian housewife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to know is she on on an ideological plane? Because yeah. that choice was sort of you know, I don't know. I was, also, I was as shocked as you because she had no ah. of her party before. Right. But okay. she was the AANRP. Okay. You know? Mm. Is that a trust No, 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 no. It was the one led by Topper Faswa. You know, then there were a oh, lot yeah. of political parties created in 2019 yeah. to show that yeah. they were radical and youths were moving to those places. But, you know, when it comes to, when the push comes to shove and uh, to say who can really lead the youth against Buhari, none of them will come out now. Not only our party if you come out. So everybody ah, okay. from, so, they, don't, they don't come align. So, so she's, so she's officially recognized. Yes, they have moved down to say, oh, AAC now be the party with the radicals. The radicals so recognized by AAC. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, now, at least she okay. raised a lot of things about Shure, saying that she she's a she's a uh, a model 
and in the in uh, in the celebrity world, but that even in the celebrity world, she's very radical, just like she. Okay, like okay. So let me. Okay, I just wanted to get out of the way. So let me get into my own questions, which you sort of answered. You know, like. Um, uh, you mentioned about the Gramscian cultural hegemony thing, the Marxist idea, ruling classes idea, being the ideas, you know, um, of the people uh, that they are dominating over, you know. So I want to ask, you know, what would you say is standing in the way or barring, you know, people from gravitating towards, you know, AC's revolutionary politics with these distractions that we're having, you know, why is revolution you know, not the the thing that is dominant in our discourse. Why is it that we have these illusions? Has the ruling class been able to pull this off again, or are they pulling? Why are they being able to pull it off now in front of us? You know? Yes, it's, it's easier. You know, uh, uh, thank you so much. That question is very lovely, and I think that I can describe that question. You know that uh, there is a time that uh, a hundred years of history happens in, in just a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, you get it. So, okay, yeah. so I, I always love to use the classical answers period. You know, the first three days it was Renu and Co that were leading in Lagos, Shore and other people were leading in Abuja. You know, Shore was in charge of the protest for the first three, four days, you know, as the leading person. So in Lagos, yeah, when you know Lagos became the epicenter of, 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 of the answers protest, really the Allah was barricade. Mm. Renu and others went to collect, uh, uh, went to sign agreements, which we felt that they were already commercialized about one fifteen points, you know, with Obasa, and they didn't even consult the Congress. So the Congress moved against them. Automatically, our Congress took over that leadership with with uh, strong celebrities like like Small Doctor, and so. But in Abuja, where our Congress were leading, they went there to instigate. Open a uh, 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 blackmail against you that he wants to hijack the protest from NSAS to revolution now. Why? It was because as at that time, the NSAS protest is learning from its phobias in terms of revolutionary action in Nigeria. From uh, 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 January 2012, you get it, protest against first subsidy remover to several protests of the student movement to the June 12th. Because the, the devolution of power. The issue of uh, uh, the leadership of the protest is why it was easy for NSA and TUC to just cut off the protest in 2012. So youths who were leading that protest were saying, no, 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 we can't just hand over. And they've seen in Nance, they've seen in student movement, they felt, ah, we can't just, and the betrayal was almost immediate in September 28, 2029. So it was easy to throw any dust of distrust around all those black men. In Lagos, when we saw that that was going to happen, we devised the means. We took away all emblems of of, of, of of the revolution now. I said, comrades, let's just go to the field. Let's go and do the work. Let's go and do this thing without the emblem. People on their own will come back to talking about revolution. Lo and behold, I think even to the end of that, this thing, more people were going to do revolution now shirts. You know, because it was our revolution necessary that people were sleeping on. So people were wearing it on their own. It became to the state that on the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth day, you get it, the revolution now action became much more powerful because people started talking about revolution more, started talking about end bad governance. People were not even talking more about NSAS anymore. So that's one of the reasons why the ruling class had to also drown the protest in blood. And 
what what I'm saying using that as example is that there is a general distrust of leadership in the country. People are afraid, and you know, there's this general maxim: now all the funds, now the concern, all the funds get hand for there. Uh, now where did they work? Where did they shop? Uh, we know even talk. Say maybe you know still when you reach jail, but at least do something. Do something. Whereas they don't know. Say if you don't stay, you know if you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now to do something, I will say you know what still. Mm. So <laughs> you know it's, it's it's a general contradiction. You know it's, you you can even look at it. Let me give you a very classic example. Do you know that as brilliant as Nigerians are, in Nigerian ruling class, for our whole eye like this, they say they are doing devaluation of Naira. That means say, they, they devalue Naira. Do you believe that until Naira got to 500? So people were still fully defending devaluation. Till date, some <laughs> intellectuals who claim that they study economics, <laughs> they will still say that it's no good for the Naira to fall. <laughs> but what is so, needed I, I, is complete devaluation of the Naira. So are we saying that there is like an illusion you know, to the people, like is there's active illusion to yes, the active away. illusion is even much more is is that you can you have seen professors arguing against the fall of Naira, arguing for production, but still saying there should be complete devaluation of the Naira. You know, mm-hmm. it's because there is this stronghold of neoliberalism having been able to dictate the curriculum of debtor countries like Nigeria. So mm-hmm. it's an in-depth education issues that needs very radical, you know, that's why it was this when we said revolution. We had to back it with action. It was those actions that gravitated people massively towards us. That's why I said when the campaign game comes to a stage, it will not be what it is. And if you look at the tide, it's, not, it's reducing because mm-hmm. the tide is being tested on the feet. The obedience that are causing the distractions, the delusions are now going to the field. And people are now seeing their leader going to, uh, you know, hobnob with Obasanjo, people that people really hated with Moses. So very soon you will see the tide changing itself. And you know mm. what, is, what is very unique about this election is that for the first time, and I think those who wrote the electorate didn't even know the implications, you know, it's taking about seven, eight months before the election. So it gives time for the several years to move, several waves to move, Several types to move. Uh-huh. For me, so, yes. Yeah. So what we will need is now to work more on praxis, to work more on organizing. If you reckon oh. by September 5 to Lagos, and it's being able to be received by about 10,000 or 5,000 people, the obedience will say, ah, okay, game just begin. You know, it will mm. now be in who knows how to mobilize the most. And you don't mobilize in this period of several distrust. Several people have gone to take their PVC. Most of those people have gone backward to now say, okay, who do we now vote for? Mm. You know? So there is for the first time. Yes. This, this so, is probably uh, taking us to like. What you are the, having that is the distraction today is the handiwork of the PDP youth vanguard that followed the view from PDP. Mm. So, okay. This will be, this will, the action that's going to come after, you know, this wave that you talked about will be hinged on structures. Yes. You know, and we are fully aware of the take it back movement, the coalition for revolution, and all that, you know. But, you know, for example, in other states, what are the specific strategies, you know, that the AAC is you know, employing 
to deepen its reach in all these local communities like do you, what other you know strategy are you you know looking yes. towards yeah for these uh, communities to bore to bore the you know party's influence and then maybe lead to some sort of victory at least you know in all these states that you've mentioned because it's a big picture for us you know so yes what what about, what are, yes one of our one of our one of our strategies is first and foremost i think by september ending we would have collected our operation three three volunteers per unit, that one would have been done. And, you know, we, we have this particular strength because for the past three years of the revolution now struggles, we have collaborated with community organizations in the battle for electricity. We have collaborated with, we, we have deepened work with the civil society, you know. If you look at it in Delta State, we have one of the strongest uh, uh, civil society activists, Comrade Agogo is still in prison today for fighting child trafficking. So those works are works that we have used to connect community by community, towns by towns, villages by villages, and cities too. So in other parts of the country, and I told you, for instance, in the north, we have been able to collaborate with Shaiths, we have been able to collaborate with radical Muslims, we have been able to collaborate with people who fought doing notice bleeding, we have been able to collaborate with Southern Cardinal People's Union, collaborate with the thieves and the Idomas, the Ogojas in Benue, who have been fighting uh, on, on, on headsmen attacks. You know, we have led our collaboration all over the country. So what we are saying is that in each of those states, you get it, we are going to deepen the collaboration with civil society, deepen the networking with community organizations, and also then go on with what we have been doing together, working together, translating from the, the, the mass actions, translating, moving activism from activism to power. You know, we are not going to be stopping our activism for the sake of the election, no. We have taken the movement as in a two-way strategy of either the ballot or the revolution. So the revolution will come even before the ballot, during the ballot, or after the ballot. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tidal wave that our movement has been working on. And if you look at mm -hmm. it, if you say NSC calls the protest, we must fight there. If NSC does not do the protest, we do our own protest. So it's been strategies of by any means necessary. Bring, <laughs> yes, yes, by any means necessary, where the people are fighting mobilized. You know, today we missed a protest where uh, Okada people are fighting in Lagos. By tomorrow, we would have, we, our comrades would have been around getting them to discuss, relating with them. By Wednesday, rebel uh, drivers in Lagos, we are going to be with them, work with them. So, it's a way of uniting all the oppressed. And you know, oppressed people for Nigeria, they are over 150 million. Mm. And we, we believe that this election will be tough to the stage that even before the election, the ruling class for the surrender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the quote we're trying to remember that time was uh, that Lenin's quote where there are decades where nothing happens and then yes, there are weeks uh, where decades happen. happen. Yeah. So, you know, we understand that there's a phase B before the election, during the election, and even after the election. And we know that political education and the proliferation of revolutionary message is key. Yes. Looking during this period, we know that, you know, there's a reporters on the side of, uh, you know, um, for revolutionary message and all, you know, even after the elections and the elections, what plans do you have, 
you know, for continued political education, something like, you know, um, grassroots political education on the media, political education, internet, political education and all that. So that even when this action does not happen, this uh, revolution that we so desire does not happen, you know, uh, before the election, will it direct us, you know, towards during the election and maybe even after the election? So what I'm asking in a nutshell is that what's the plan for political education, for coherent political education by the AAC? Yes, it's, it's, we've started already. If you look at it, yeah. we are taking over the Twitter spaces. I just spoke on on, on, on the, the cable Twitter space on Azure Strike, and our ideas won to the extent that almost all the students now agree with us that there should be a student worker collaboration, student and lecturers collaboration for a national protest. And so we are also going to be mm. bridging those students to work with ASU to call for a national protest. And I'm sure Mary Jure will be leading that in Abuja, will be leading here in Abuja, in Lagos and a lot of other places. We are going to be showing Nigerian people that we have the political capacity, you know, to take over. And aside that, we are going to be moving in every week. Our branches all over the country are going to be visiting marketplaces, visiting women organizations to share leaflets in dialects, leaflets in local languages, leaflets in pidgin, English, and even in English. So. We, we are we are putting all of these strategies in the place for public education. And aside that too, people are going to be talking, going to be doing what we call house to house. You know, in that house to house, we ask you to say, okay, in your area, map out how many houses. If it is 50 houses, divide it for the next 10 days. This is five houses per day. You know, even if it is after work, you can visit two before work, visit three after work. So it's, it's a way we are putting, using, maximizing our communities working. And you know, like I told you, the strategy of having three volunteers per unit means that you have to go to talk to people street by street, house to house, educate them and bring them on. And that's why we have been able to set the standard and others are following for this election. We have been able to be the only ones coming up with a very clear cut manifesto, you know, and we will check our spaces, on, on Twitter, despite all the bad bulls, bad bulls, their own violence and all of that, <laughs> they have not been able to be able to take us on. You get it? None of them, whether it's APC, PDP, or the Fidance team, you know, in the Labour Party, none of them have been able to take us on. <laughs> <Fear team>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Come on. Yes, I know Mimeka, um, who has been silently plotting in the background, is about to jump in. Yeah. But before he does, I mean, can I fire one last question, which is this, is... um. You know, you've talked about the variety of non-electoral struggles that AAC gets involved in. You know, this is one of the distinguishing features of AAC, Take It Back and Core, which are affiliated movements, right? Um, is that yes. it's not simply electoralist in its strategy, but in fact, it's, um, it's revolutionary Multi-pronged. You know, in its own understanding, meaning it's pursuing, yeah, exactly, pursuing this um, political change at multiple levels. But wouldn't you say that there's also a downside to that approach, which is that, I mean, two things. One, symbolically, the movement then seems like it's kind of chasing hashtags, so to speak. I mean, you know, some some critics will say, well, what is this really about? Isn't it just about everything? You know, and then besides the symbolic level, practically, doesn't that risk 
actually exhausting the the energy, creativity, and the talent of all these comrades all around the country who have to move in effect from one one protest to the other on a week by week basis. So how 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 do you address these these possible drawbacks of having that kind of multi pronged strategy, both the symbolic one and the and the practical, you know, possibility of burning out um, your your own cadres. Uh, well, I think that uh, this question you asked, it reminds me of uh, the assertion of Professor Olorode recently when we visited him in Abuja. He said, "You guys are magicians." You know, uh, the the thing is that to multitask is just a is a strategy that we have also learned from the modern day Nigerian. Mm. You, know, you can hardly find a modern day Nigerian today that is on a one job. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty jobs. We even yeah. find bank ourselves, tickets, PS, far side. You get that kind of thing. Yeah. You still get bankers, still get farm, still get different, different things. <laughs> so, sure. We are in a Nigeria where there is mass unemployment, and you know, there is enough time to sleep. And so we need to maximize any of this time. <laughs> so it's been a strategy that worked very effectively. And you know, I think that the it also helps with the magazine that it is practice that builds people. If you check the debating, if you take an average obedient to debate with, it take it back up. The obedient will at the end of the day just say, rest are there. the president. Uh, in Jesus' name, let your red come down. You just say, activists cannot be clean. They won't be able to come to issues because <laughs> the, 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 the three years of action have taught us. That was why I was alluding to learning. It has taught mm-hmm. us several things. It showed when, even, even against the, even when we supported the Yoruba Nation people's protest in Lagos, yeah, police officers. They recognize those and they recognize the European nation people, you know, because those ones they went to bring plenty jazz and think that to leave protests is to have plenty jazz. You know, police officers they practically were beating them, chasing them everywhere. Whereas <laughs> they couldn't do it to us. Our comrades were on ground and we're still telling them you have no right to touch them. They don't just have some materialist approach. Yes, yes. <laughs> police officers will just look at us and say, uh trouble some people. But they will go and beat the people that are carrying jazz. In fact, the one that was an old man that was very big, that was carrying plenty, plenty jazz, and was making out in front of us. When they started beating, we are we the ones who struggled that they shouldn't carry him away. But they didn't arrest any of our comrades, mm-hmm. as plenty as we were there. Why? Was because they saw that for the first time, some people who were having illusions were in protest alongside some materialists. They know that if it is us alone, they would waste more bullets than than, than that day, you know. They would have to use tear gas and a lot of that. But they felt that this ones, let's just bring Kondo and Koboko without water. We'll beat a lot of their body. So it's, it's to also show how advanced we have been on the on the on, on the on the soldiering side. And you know that's what an average soldier is supposed to be. Supposed to know how to crawl when when you get to a place that is that is too low. You know how to jump when you are getting to a place that is high. You know, you know how to discuss when it's time to negotiate. You know how to educate people when it's time to educate. Maneuver when you are supposed to do same. So, and that, that's the kind of 
strategy that we have adopted and it has worked for us. So a take it back and now is like what one thousand obedience. That's the only way we can defeat the Nigerian ruling class. All right, comrade Wiseman. It's um it's it's been nice listening to you about uh, I mean about how how you see the the AAC right this service you know it's um um place within within you know the body polity of 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 Nigeria you know especially during this period you know the lead up to the election but I'm for me I'm really interested in, in I mean in the question of structures you know and and coalitions you know so I I just linger there if you don't mind for 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 a little bit you know especially you know with this um lovely banter that um members of um, the AAC seem to have you know with 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 the obedience it, it for me you know that i mean that there there's a way to read it as as a bit of rival, rivalry if you ask me you sure, know, uh, sure. that's uh, what the lectures are about yeah uh, and I mean, from, so I, I like to listen to critique, you know. Um, so I, I think that there, there are a few of them who would say, you know, that, that that they also have structures or that they are building structures right now and that they are doing it in real time. And that one of the things that counts for them, you know, as in, in, in terms of advantage would be the... the, the six, seven, eight month period between when, you know, candidates emerge and the election proper, you know. So, I, I mean, how would you, for me, um, respond to critique along the lines that say that maybe AAC is best served, you know, if, if it goes and then um, contest election in one, two, three, four, five, you know, maybe half a dozen states. You know, and then that way people then get to see what they're about or what, you know, Shuara is about, you know, in, in, in that regard. Because that's always been the larger, basic, basically the more recurrent critique that Shuara hasn't been tested in any capacity in terms of um, leading, you know. And that's what they mean when they say um, it's not, to rule Nigeria is not about student activism. You know, and then there are certain people who, you know, agree with them. So, I mean, how would you respond to, you know, generally in terms from broad perspective of structures and how you build them, you know, um, perhaps what would be rides on, you know, this phenomenon, this would be phenomenon itself, why it seems quite interesting and a bit infectious to, you know, maybe people along a certain ideology. But we must agree at least, as, as a starting point to this conversation is that they are, the, the people whose ideology be would sway are in the majority. <laughs> and that we who probably think, oh, okay, he's neoliberal, um, nothing will change even if he comes into power, we're the minority. So, I mean, I think that's one place to start this conversation from. But, you know, like, just so that I don't take too much time, you know, posing the question, how would you respond to their own critique of, you know, I mean, I don't think it's something that should just be waved off like that, you know. 
I think I think they cannot be a judge in their own case. If mm. yes, because it's, it's, it's their own tactics of campaigning, and our own tactics will also be that if you've tested somebody in the class and the person has failed, why are you even uh, upgrading the person to another class? You are only going to destroy the class system. So when will be as good as, as I thought as we were all about destroying the class system. Yes, <laughs> no, to, uh, yes. no, no, I know what you yes. mean. I'm joking. Don't mind me. I, yes, I understand you too. But if we want to first destroy the class system, there must also be the reign of the oppressed class first. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but history doesn't. But history doesn't. But history doesn't say that it has to first be the oppressed class. I mean, there have been. Cases, you know, numerous cases where the revolution has been bourgeois revolutions, even before. I mean, so that's why it's an interesting rivalry, you know, from just my own point as somebody who is observing, you know, history play out, you know. Because if if you ask the average guy on the street, you know, who are the top contenders, you know, for, um, in you know, for the election... I don't think that any one of them would mention. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find people who would mention Shuwari as even fought. You know, yes, in 2019, in 2019, people mentioned Mogalu, Fela before In fact, in churches, yeah. they were dancing Mogalu. They were dancing Mogalu. They were dancing Durutoyi. Durutoyi was even like a pastor. You know, had several followers. They were making out together. But with our experience of radical activism. Being able to be well bred on the streets, we know where to mobilize now. We had more votes than all of them together. Combine more than you would do to But comrade, the combined vote of Show Remogalu and all these other, even COA, was, I mean, it, it couldn't have swayed the election either way between PDP and APC in 2019. So, yes, it's, but, it's, it's, it's not about. I mean, if, so what we're saying here is in terms of the wave, right? It, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's listening to you, the impression that I get is that you, you just wave off, you know, the opposition and that, you know, it's, they, they don't matter, you know, it's, they matter. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's why I'm analyzing them. They have, they have a lot, they have the numbers if you ask me. Are you sure? That's, if you ask me on my own personal impression that they have even obedience, they have the numbers. I mean, it's 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 not even contestable that PDP and APC have more numbers than AACs. That's not even in contest. Yes, that's not in contest. But what I'm telling you is this: when you look at these numbers and look at party membership, you then look at what how are they going to use it to pull. What is that? What is the strength in terms of really pulling the mass? I give you a, 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 an example of a state election. I was on ground. Both PDP, PDP had uh, close to about 500,000 votes or so, or about 400,000 400, votes. The whole of PDP in Ocean State is no more than 30,000. The whole of PDP in Ocean State is no more than 10. So they're buying votes. You know, yes, and that's what the ruling class do because you know it's all what I'm also saying something. is also that aside buying votes, it's not about mm -hmm. buying votes, it's also about okay. advertisement. The but people decide more. Most of the people that go to really vote are not members of any political party. If you look at the uh, election, people were rejecting 
money to go to vote to vote. Yet yeah, they were voting. So mm -hmm. there is an audience, a mass audience that is saying we want to vote. Mm -hmm. I, we saw it in Oshun. If you look at the last election in Oshun and this election, there is about a a seventy percent increase rise in people who voted. So that shows you that there is. I don't get that. Are you saying that voter turnout in, for the Oshun election was what was in the 70 percent region? Is with, with what is on ground uh, as it is now, with the work that uh, the AAC has been doing so far. Okay. It becomes very people to our side, massively. You understand? It's easier. You, so, you know why? You, you know why I stress this. You know, I stress this because even as just being, you know, someone who reads up on history, mm -hmm. right? I, I kind of get the feeling that if we have ever been here before, where we are now as a country in terms of how bad things are, you know, how much people hope that, you know, getting it right at, you know, the ballot would help change things or change the course of, you know, how the country is headed. That the time that most mirrors this for me personally, and I might be wrong, is, is, is 79. You know, where if so, some of the similarities between this period and that period was that there a slew of, of protests, you know, from even the Udogia Awards, all sorts of protests leading up to the 79 election. And that as far as the left itself was concerned, they were all divided, you know. And that's why I'm stressing even these coalitions, you know, in, in, in that sense, you know, there was that division. You even have. It mirrored up to the point that in the lead up to the election, you had um, a presidential candidate who was of the East, Eastern extract in Namdi Azikiwe. You had one from the Yoruba extract who was Awolowo. You then had the guys from the NPN. You know, um, you know, it it mirrors that for me. You know, but in that same election, you had the PRP, right, and. For some reason, the PRP managed to get two states, and yes. two states in in the part of the country where people always assume, or you know, the popular consensus is that they are backward, which is you know, in the northern part of Nigeria. Well, nowadays, so it also depends what people you're talking about. So not well, not no, just, I'm just saying, but on an average, that's what. No, I'm saying on an average, that's what you get if you're listening. Of course, you need to check what the demography is, but it seems to me that that's what it's misinformed, yes, but it's what's what, what people tend to believe, you know. But it's what's interesting is that these things came, you know, these results came from the north, um, or from Kaduna and, and Kanu, you know. So I wonder, I mean, if they. AAC has this sense that you know what we might just be at this juncture too, and if they if there are plans to take okay, like, listening to you, I think I mean maybe you've even answered the question because you you, you mentioned that you have uh, gubernatorial contestants in Sokoto, yes, several states, about twenty one states, you know, yeah. So I mean, so I, I guess that that. 
kinds of answers the question. That means that you're well placed to take those states, you know, and use them as models, you know. Um, but yes, and, and, yes yeah. and the other you have is also that those states, you know, unlike unlike the the, the wave you we be talking about, those states are our comrades contesting. You understand? <laughs> Not uh, feeder steam people from different parties. You know, that's one of the that's one of the issues. If you have a situation where it is feeder steam people contesting, you might not get any votes. I will give you clear examples. Kingsley Mogalu did used went the same route in 2019. He was so popular because. He had people like uh, uh, Ifian Yuba contesting as senator too. But he, both of them are from the same uh, 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 senatorial district. How was it that in the same election, on the same uh, uh, senatorial district, on the same day, Ifian Yuba emerged as a senator <coughs> and Kingsley Mogalu did not even win a unit? <laughs> you know? And that's what you find in the Labour Party candidature everywhere. In Lagos, yeah, it's been torn between uh, Professor Wamari D, who is more of like a pseudo-leftist. You find people like GRU uh, 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 Rose Viver, who is from PDP, who is a PDP light. You find uh, Salvador, who is from APC. At the end of the day, all of them are in on, on one confusion day. You will just see that the whole of the noise will go and won't be actualized. But you know, we have been able to have a situation where it is our communist contest. In Lagos, you find that Kim Olaiwala contesting. He has been a member of the party since 2018. You find Benezia as deputy governorship candidate, has been a member of the party. And you know, for the first time, we are, going, we, we, we are having people contesting to know that Lagos is a cosmopolitan city. These experiences have been there. The experience of how to garner the votes, how to get people to actually vote. You know, it's not about, it's not just about the noise, it's about getting people to actually do it in a structural manner, state by state. And just like I told you, we have a, a governorship candidate making waves in Sakoto. We have a, 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 in, in a lot of a lot of the parts of the country making waves. We have Bondo Nuche who, who might even win in Abia State. You know, all of them working within the structure and the nature of the party. So if even if you have a wave and it is not pinned down in terms of working in all of the structures from presidency to, to state level, it's, it's all this thing. In, in, in Oshun, they were able to get more votes a bit because last time you saw on the day of election also did vote buying. I know he was a member of House of Reps and not the rest. And even INEC did, finally didn't recognize the real candidate of the AAC due to the court case we had before. But cut it all short, the difference was just like about 300 votes. You get it. And I saw it on the day of election. Many of the people were shouting to Abita, oh, let me shout to people, I will go to Adeleke. You know that. So it is all the same thing that will happen. We understand the electoral terrain. We understand that the election is like, it's unlike you want to have a protest where people have a one go and go towards it. But the election itself, it's about, that's why the agent system is very important. If on election day, this person is the most popular in this area and does not have an agent in the unit, his candidates, his voters will be canvassed away. So you need to tie all of these things together and network all of these things to be able to win electorally. If we are even talking electorally, that's why these structures are very important. Thank you. All right.
Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. I mean, I think we're we're on the same page, you know, now, you know, because this probably leads me to. I mean, especially you know when you gave the example using Andy Uba and you know Morgan, um, the example I like to give, you know, to make this difference is that even for the presidential elections in 2019, the difference between Atiku and Buhari in Lagos State, for instance, you know, was maybe like 100,000 votes. You know. Yes. Whereas in the gubernatorial election, um, PDP was just no match for APC within. At all. So that says to me that, you know, voting attitudes, you know, would vary depending on you know, who is on the ballot or, you know. And let me also tell you a classical example. Let me tell you a classical example into what you have raised too. Do you know that the, the insight into it is also beyond what you have raised? The insight to it is also that in Lagos since 2003, after the death of Fungshaw Williams, people that have always been contesting against uh, 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 Guba candidates in Lagos have always been uh, uh, this thing uh, what do I call it? They have always been surrogates. So there is this surrogate candidature system too. And that's why you find Peter being nearly died in front of Atiku, almost kissing him too. So <laughs> there is this surrogate system. You will find the situation of Jimmy Abadi will shout, shout, shout. When it's come to dispersing his agents and all of that, he runs away. And so all of them are in no God. As a surrogate candidate, it happened recently in Egite. Oh, uh, oh, the guy uh, 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 contesting against Oyibang, he was a surrogate candidate. Fire or she had already compromised him. So, but the people will shout, 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 shout. On the day of election, the party will not do anything. So the gap will be so wide. Jimmy Akbaje had been a surrogate candidate two times in Lagos, just like Obani Kuru was been. The current gender that is even contesting in PDP is a surrogate. So, the, is the surrogate system that is easy on that day election. They would have paid him before election date. So he wouldn't disburse agents, wouldn't communicate with his party, and nothing, nothing. So they would get frustrated and go sit back. And then there's also the wave of the fact that if, if you lose the presidency and you don't have somebody who believes in that idea can be moved, moved up, most people who, did, who voted in the presidency might not come to vote in the governorship. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I, I would think, you know, myself, you know. But the surrogate one is the, is the worst. <laughs> okay. But just to, I mean, wrap it up, you know, um, from, from this end before, you know, any of my, my, my comrades, you know, take, take it from, is, I was going to, I mean, I, 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 I hope that you are the right person to ask or that you can give us some insight. I mean, if there's any sense in, in the AAC, you know, that one of the outcomes in, you know, in the forthcoming election might force, you know, a runoff, you know, and how, you know, if, if this is something that is, is being thought about, how strategically, you know, um, is the AAC looking to respond to, to that kind of eventuality? You know. Yes, that's why we are happy that uh, I, I haven't finished. I'm, I'm, okay, I don't okay. know if this. I don't know how this will sit with you. I mean, so the reason why I ask is: is there is there a future? You know, after a runoff or during the runoff, where we might see a coalition between, say, the AAC and you know the Labour Party? Yes, we are. We are looking to a situation that because we know very much that 
we are going to be defeating the Labour Party very well in the election. And it will get to a stage that the Labour Party, the Peter will be, we, we see a situation where Peter will be himself as a surrogate candidate would want to direct his assonance to Atiku. But because of the hardline radical nature of the obedience, many of them would go for the more radical uh, uh, candidate in our election. And that's why we keep engaging them. So for us, that force will come together when it gets too close to election. When they see him even prostrating at the knees of the ruling class, you know, and, and you know, before then, the APC people would have been massively bastardized. I see the APC coming distant thought, you know, and uh, really, when it's <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> the battle so is between Shogure and, and Article Plus, uh, plus OB, but minus obedience. Because what it means is that the obedience will, will be divided to a point that all of them will look at there is no hope in OB. It would be like the Zik and the Zikists. Mm. So, yes, OB will just betray them right. to the election, but they will, not, they will not look for the radical alternative. That's why we are the one waiting. We are waiting mm. at that podium. We are there. And that's why we are happy that as a very revolutionary candidate, openly socialist, openly welfareist, in the first four candidates in the country today, we are one of them. Comrade, uh, I hear your critique of I hear your critique of of of, of Obi, or, or maybe not Obi as a person, because I, I I like to distinguish between Obi himself and and the movement or the obedience, you know, who some would say have built a cult following around you know Obi to use the Zig Zikists you know, um, analogy again. But isn't that a charge that would carry some weight if you were mm-hmm. laid at the, at the feet of Shoere, for instance, and say that people have built a cult-like following around Shoere, and that, in fact, that's perhaps is what is most of the turn-off for people who want to keep a distance from, from the AAC? No, it's not true. The, in fact, the fear is that Shoere is not even... Having illusions is not an illusion. The, the, the anger of the ruling class is that Shore is a reality. You know, the Nigerian ruling class has a style of presenting this David versus Goliath, uh, intra class, uh, electoral jingoism so far. You know, they did it with Yaradua. Yaradua didn't have the match of uh, Atipus money, nor did he have the match of Buari uh, history. Presented him as a David versus Goliath. He presented Jonathan later on as a David versus Goliath of I had no shoes. And he won. And Buhari too was also later presented as a David versus Goliath that he had to also be going to protest. You get it? So we, 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 we are going to change that because the Nigerians are not even going to be looking at that again. And that's why I told you that uh, uh, as it is now, uh, to wear himself is somebody who, who does not say have illusions in me. So, you know, Peter will be, if he says, if she were today, goes to the press and say, go and verify. It will be AAC members that will first say, what, what are you saying, coming? What, what, what kind of rubbish is that? Hmm. Say it. If you know you are not prepared, why are you going to the press? You know, we will blast him openly and even face to face. You understand? But, if it is the obedience and they say go and verify, then we say God has said to this. 
It was easy for yes, no, I never do that. It was easy for Erufai to tell them Erufai, small Erufai, Erufai, small Nya, show the shake. He tell them say, "Did you know protest the Kaduna?" And all of them chickened out. They were now saying Erufai chickened out. Who chickened out? Can Erufai try it with AAC? He will just put it on Twitter that my dear friend Shelly Chumune, please tell your comrades not to be violent. Tell them to be low abiding <laughs> <laughs> because he knows that if he tries to stop it, we can we can turn the protest to five days. <laughs> so it's about capacity, and that's why me I'm happy with uh, the Christianization of Nigeria when they took uh, Shumure's uh, uh, position and they said it's asiastic to say we need somebody with character, we need somebody with competence, we need somebody with capacity, and we need somebody with policies. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This four mantra is, is is embedded in AAC take it back and 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 our work so far in the coalition for revolution. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that when it comes to that situation of Nigerians uniting, anything that you know that it is it is even a big headache to the Nigerian ruling class. That's why you see that they go on that Shura Street every time to say, join PO, join Peter Obi, rest Abeg, rest in Jesus' name. Some even are even prone to say rest in the name of Amadio Hatu very soon. You know. Because they felt that if this guy continued to be on this podium for the next three months like this, as one of the first, very soon Peter will be will go down, or any of them, or maybe Tinubu may not even be able to walk again. Now, because he's, he's even losing, he's losing his ability to talk now. <laughs> well, comrade, I mean, um, we're just about getting around to wrapping up. I think we've found a lot of grounds to agree on, to disagree on, and to laugh about. So it's probably. Um, a decent place to wrap up, particularly since you've, um, you, it sounds like in saying APC is likely to come third, it sounds Eastern like. Eastern third. The between, the between AAC and, and, and PDP. Yeah, it sounds you know, like. You know, PDP lied to that, they would have dissolved their team. You pointed to the strength of PDP and Atiku, and Atiku happens to be a huge fan of our show. So, um, I guess that's he's 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 very strong now because <laughs> because he's, he's, yeah he has been able to dis- disrupt the south yeah more yeah, than yeah the way Tinubu has disrupted the south no actually yeah uh, I mean I, we're not we're not doing our bets yet we will we will do bets on the on the whole Nigerian left to see how we can collect money from it the left out, yeah. but uh, sure will defeat him because the Nigerians don't want to hand over to somebody who will send Nigeria. Anyway, I'll say my money is on Atiku at the moment. And we are sure that we are sure that <laughs> and you know it will be easier for us if it, it will be easier for us if the battle is against Atiku more yeah. because if it's Tinubu and he sees that he has a chance to win with uh, with one million votes, he will start killing people. He start shooting our comrades more. Yeah, Atiku mm. is more of like is is a is a fearful capitalist. Mm. So. I think we might likely travel to Dubai before the election <laughs> and just go chill out and max well, out. Listen, before we before we wrap up, is there anything you want to um, advise our listeners to read or listen to to get more information about the AC or your own work or um, anything worth worth plugging here or particularly in terms of yeah. upcoming actions or that sort of thing? Yes, I'm 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 I'm, I'm on tweet. I tweet at at Ajayi Wiseman, 
Mm. I, 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 and you know, if you want to listen more to our ideas of the AAC, go to www.aacparty.org, www.aacparty.org, and then you want to listen more to the campaign jingles, campaign songs, uh, campaign talks, videos of Amoyele Shore, just go to shore2023.org. Mm. Uh, and then we have our handles everywhere, Take It Back Movement, and Take It Back Movement, and African Action, at AAC Party, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. And you can find our comrades every corner where we do go. Because, you know, every time I will shout every corner, police, they, we serve don't turn out to every corner. Our TV is there. Hey, comrades. All time. Yes, yes. So we are going to be taking them corner by corner, street by street. Mokuna no fear say because she will never become anything before. No. All the people will not be activists, will not be governor, will not be, you know, look at Buari example now. He had done virtually everything from minister to governor. Now only legislature, legislature alone, he never said. Senator Buari. Senator, everything we don't do, sir. We Buari don't do for this life. But at the end of the day, when he got to government, if he even handed over the government, he almost handed over to the government to to, to bandits, maybe he's still what would still have to that. Well, maybe you raise the bandit uh, so, so, because our next episode is actually on bandits, so um, I think that's a perfect place probably to wrap up. Yeah, uh, yes. but comrade, thank you very much for your time and for your very interesting and um, sarcastic and perspectives, um, sometimes, yeah, prophetic. Uh, <laughs> emphatic, Absolutely, yeah. and I hope that we can speak to you again down the line as the as the campaign develops no. and even beyond that. Anytime, anytime, you know, come in. It's, yeah. it's a Thank pleasure. You. It's a Thank great you. pleasure. Thank you so much, Omeka. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank yeah. you, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.